He sustains us, and it is in him who we trust. And, and because of that, that's our hope. That's our hope, and that's our future. So, um, so I, I really thought today what we should start with, and I didn't do it, but I thought what we should start with is the, I mean, everybody's home right now. I mean, I went to the gym on Saturday, and, and I'll tell you, this is, this is a promise. No one goes to the gym on Saturdays. It's like almost always empty. I went there yesterday, and you can tell people just have extra time. There's nothing on television because the gym was packed. I mean, I want you to think, I went to the gym, and I, and, and I always like starting out my time at the gym by going into the sauna because it's nice and hot. I get a little bit of a sweat going, and it's packed in there. People, there's germs in there. They need to stay home. But anyways, so I can have my time at the gym. So, but uh, I was thinking, man, it, it is, people are hilarious right now on Facebook. I've seen like the best memes ever. <laughs> uh, I saw one today that said that, um, that, that Chuck Norris was exposed to the coronavirus, so now the coronavirus will be dead in two weeks. So anyways, man, thank Jesus for having us and, and keeping us close. So, um, well, today we're going to be speaking on something um, that we all come across in life, but, but I'll start with a little bit of a story. I have a friend who I used to work with. Um, he was someone who was, man, this, this person is super good at their job, and I would learn a lot from him. I respected him. Uh, then as time went on, he changed in a few different ways. Um, his work was slipping. His coworkers were talking about him. Uh, almost everything he did was last minute or, or didn't even get done at all. Um, and, and people were talking about him behind his back, and, and they weren't just talking about him and making stuff up. I mean, they were speaking truths and, and about him. So I went and talked to him, and I sat down, and I expressed my concerns, and I told him that I was worried about him. Um, I told him that I thought he was in the wrong, and I encouraged him just to address the issues and apologize and change what he's been doing and, and fix it. it was none, nothing was a big deal in my mind. Um, and, and he told me on that day that until I walked a mile in his shoes, I wouldn't begin to understand what he was going through. And then he gave me those words that, that we all love to hear, you know, kind of like, you know, you got to mind your own business and it's, and it's not really your place to be judging me. But here's the deal. Sometimes maybe it is. And, and we're going to get to when do we discern judgment and concern and, 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 and correction. But, but, but here's the deal, you know, um, and this is what I said to this person. You know, I said, you know what God's word doesn't say? It doesn't say that I can't tell you not to use heroin until I use heroin. God's word doesn't say that I can't tell you not to hit your wife until I hit my wife. It doesn't say that, that I, I, I can't tell you not to steal until I have stole, stolen stuff. It just doesn't work that way. I don't need to walk in your shoes to know and see that something you're doing isn't right. However, when we talk about what someone does when it's not right, our motives can, 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 can change whether it was right or wrong. But we're going to talk about that. But let me give you another illustration. I'm trying to set this up a little bit. Um, have you ever talked with someone about a situation where, where something is wrong between the two of you? You're trying to fix something. You know, it's so easy for us to, to get to the place where we have conflict with another person. And, and it seems like uh, over the last 15 years, addressing the conflict we have with other people, it's only getting harder and harder because our culture is becoming more me and I centric. So 15 years ago, I feel like is when it really started. We saw things like, like have things your way, um, 
Uh, and then we move down to just be you, just do it, you do you, be true to yourself. And now we're at the point where it's, well, what's your truth? And because of this, because we, 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 we all have our own truths, it's hard to talk to somebody when something actually does go wrong. <clears throat> so one of the biggest things can be sometimes it's just breaking the ice and going to somebody and saying, hey, we have an issue between us and we need to talk about it. But, but it's, it's, it's very possible that as we talk to people about what's going on in our lives and what's wrong, that things become a little bit heated or, or there's... Or, there's a tone issue or anything like that. And I've heard people say this. <clears throat> I've, I've probably said it myself. Who knows? But, you know, it's, it's not what you said to me that I have a problem with. It's um, how you said it. And I, and I process this, and I'm like, you're telling me there's a way I could have said it that you would have liked it? That's not, a, that's not our nature, right? And it, I've never seen anyone get corrected and then be like, <laughs> you know what? I did do that. You are right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I won't do it again. It rarely ever works that way because our first thing we do is we get a little bit def- defensive. So l- let me say another one. Let's just, let's just be honest. And then we get to, because there's another step in this. There's, there's and, I, and I'm hopefully setting this up. I'm trying to set this up right. You know, we, we go from, from uh, having good discernment and going to somebody who's in their sin. There's, there's, going to somebody and talking about issues you have between each other. And, uh, and, and then let's be honest, there's another step here where we don't even confront it. It's just straight, true, complete judgment where we judge people. You know, um, where somebody is completely judging you where you're judging them and, and we're putting people down in our comments. This one time when I lived in Fergus Falls, Minnesota, I remember this so clearly. I, I just, my daughter Maya was, was she was, over the age of one, under the age of two, and, and Fergus gets cold. I mean, if you're there in the wintertime, it, it, it is cold. I mean, I remember just, like, celebrating moving south when it was time to leave Fergus Falls. But, but I remember this one time, it had to be around, uh, it was below zero, but I needed to go out to the store and I needed to get some stuff. And, and, and we'd been inside and it had been cold for like a week. And, and I thought, you know, I'm going to take Maya with me. We're going to go to the Walmart. It's only about a mile, maybe a mile and a half from where we lived. So <clears throat> I warmed my car up. I got the car nice and warm. I got Maya dressed. I, 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 it's unbelievable to think this way, but I was able to manage to put her winter jacket on her, her hat, her boots, her gloves. The car's warm. We drive to the Walmart. We, we spend some time there. <clears throat> and, and, and we're shopping, and we go to check out. And I'm checking out, and as I'm checking out, this one lady walks by me, and she looks at me, and she goes, Ooh, don't you think it's a little bit cold to be bringing her outside? And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And I said to her, well, ma'am, you know, I heated my car up before I left. And actually, my car's outside right now running. I brought an extra clicker and I locked it so it's staying nice and warm. She has boots on, a hat on, scarf, uh, gloves, her winter jacket. I know I don't have all those things on her right now because we're still inside and she maybe would have got too hot. Um, and, and what else did I say to her? I, 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 I kind of just kept on going into her about how, you know, Maya was going to be warm. And, and, and after this, she kind of looked at me and gave me like a, 
this is my interpretation of her look. But the look that she gave me was, okay, maybe you don't suck at being a dad. And she started to walk off, and her back was turned to me, and, and, and I just couldn't let it be. And I said, but one more thing, ma'am. <clears throat> I know it's hard to believe, but my daughter's about a year and a half years, a year and a half old, and I've been able to keep her alive without you so far. <laughs> and, I, and I said this because I felt judged. I felt like she was, in a sense, like dad shaming me, like, like because I'm male, I couldn't have been a good enough dad to her. Because she was a woman, because for some reason you're a woman, you can love my kid more than me. And I was annoyed. Because why? Because I want to be a good dad, right? But so I felt judged. So I uppercutted her verbally. I gave it to her. But that's what we do. And, and, and not, not my response. I'm not saying I was right in my response. My, my, my point here is that, that we, we judge people. We, we have comments. We say things that we don't need to say to people. I was listening to uh, my friend's podcast yesterday, and he was talking about this. He, I, I actually listened to his podcast because he, he had spoke about what I was going to be preaching on today, and he talks about judgment and how we're, we're judging people and, and how we're not prepared for it. But the line that he said that really stood out to me was this. Um, he said that we're, we're not ready to live in a world where judgment is always cast because we will not survive it. We cannot survive judgment because even if we cast judgment, it's eventually going to get us. And then he said that, that the Bible verse that everybody knows in America is John 3.16. And not everyone knows that, but it's the most quoted verse. It's John 3.16. But he says that studies now show that the verse that's, that's more known to, the Christian, to, to, the, to, to America, not the Christian world, to America, is judge not, lest you be judged. That's now what we know. And we know it because it's, it's something that we say to protect ourselves when somebody speaks into our lives, whether in a good way or in a negative way. But what we're going to do today is we're going to look at the text I just kind of spoke from, and we're going to look at it, and we're going to see what, what God's Word says to us. So if you would, just let's join me in prayer, and we're going to look at how we judge people, um, and hopefully how we stop judging people, especially as Christians. So let's pray. Uh, dear Lord Jesus, there is a, a lot for us to learn, Lord. Uh, a lot of what judgment is comes from the heart and what the reason is behind it. I hope that we can, I hope that you use me to communicate that clearly today, Lord. So, Lord, may you give us words that care for people and words that lead people to repentance and not use words that are judging and lead to condemnation, Lord. So be with us this morning. As we look at this, in your name we pray, amen. All right, we're going to be looking at <clears throat> Luke chapter 6, verses 37 to uh, 42. So, here's what it says. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not conform, and you will not, do not, do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. He also told them this parable. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone 
who is fully trained will be like the teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? That ends the reading for today. So, we're going to take this text and we're going to break it into two parts. You know, the first part of it, um, just as we look at it, it kind of seems like a bunch of good advice. But it's, it's more than just good advice. And the first thing it says is, don't judge people and you will not be judged. This might be one of the most common sense things that I've ever preached. If only they were more like me. If, if they were a little bit more like me, they probably wouldn't have made that decision. We do this with our friends, we do it with our neighbors, we do it with our siblings, we do it with our spouses, we do it when we see people's decisions on, on parenting, like I said before. <clears throat> Are you really going to let your kid have Mountain Dew? Becky, Becky, your husband gave your kid Mountain Dew. Won't they get hyper? Won't your kid stay up later? Will, will your kid have a problem falling asleep tonight? Don't you think Mountain Dew is a gateway drug for speed? I don't know, Karen. Chill out. Maybe she did. Let your kid, you let your kid have a cell phone? Did, did you see her eat three desserts? He works too much. That's why they have a bad marriage. Their spending habits are out of control. I bet it's placing a burden on their marriage. Did you hear that pastor drinks beer? Oh, man. I bet his church is full of drinkers and drunks. They should practice what they preach. They should be a better example for the younger generation. Oh, the judgment. It's everywhere. Look at moms. Look at women. Women, you're expected to go to work. You're expected also to be at home with your kids enough. You better have the right amount of time at work, but not too much. Otherwise, you're a bad mom because you didn't spend enough time with your kids. But you need to work enough that you don't set the woman, that you don't set women's rights back. So you need to work, but don't work too much. You need to be with your kids, but you better still go to work. You better make sure you have time to make sure your kids get to all the things that they're involved in. And, 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 and if you don't, We'll know about it, and we'll hear about it. And these are the expectations I feel that women have for other women. I can do this with men also. You need to work, but not too much. You better make enough money for the nicest minivan, the one with the leather seats, the split middle row, the TVs. You better make enough money so that your kids can be in travel league. And then not only do you need to make enough money for your kid to be in travel league, somehow you need to work enough to make enough money for your kid to be in travel league, but you have to have enough time to be able to go to the travel league itself. And if you don't, you're a bad dad. You need to make sure that as the best dad that you can be, you work the right amount, pay the bills, and be the best husband, and you also need to coach three sports. And we do this. We try to live up to this because we are worried about the judgment of other people. And we worry about the judgment of others because we are also the ones who are throwing the rocks. The things which we do to others are also the things that we press upon ourselves. These are a bunch of examples of what it looks like when we're judging people. We judge the lifestyles and we judge the areas of sin. We look at people and we see their faults and their failures. And this first one says, don't judge people and you will not be judged. 
What if you, what if I, what if we, what if we as the church, instead of casting judgment, came along the side of the broken? Instead of pointing out their flaws and their shortcomings, what if, what if we loved on them, encouraged them <clears throat> in what they were doing right, and helped them in their areas of weakness? What if? Living in a world of judgment is only going to kill us because, like I said before, we will not be able to survive the judgment. Oh, how we will uh, reap what we sow. Oh, how we will uh, get hit by that which we cast to others. When we label others, we're going to get labeled the same things. And this next part, and it leads into this, this next part of the message talks about, about judgment. You know, judgment is the end of it. I, I, I think out of, or out of judgment comes condemnation. That's what I meant to say there. Out of judgment comes condemnation. Judgment bursts condemnation. When judgment, when, when we judge people, we're condemning them. We're telling them that, 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 that you're wrong. You're not doing life right. And, and that you aren't worthy. You're not good enough. Right? Are you a part of that group? Are you part of the Facebook evangelism crew for moral community righteousness? And all this leads into then Jesus tells this parable and he says this. He says, can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone when he is fully trained will be like a teacher. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the plank that is in your own? How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the, the plank that is in your own eye, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck that is in your brother's eye. This imagery is awesome. It speaks volumes. People who don't see the log in their own eye or are blind to it, but yet they're the very first ones who are willing to say something to somebody else about how they live. I feel like every single one of us has a family member just like this. Right? And if you're thinking, no, I don't think I do, you're probably that family member. <laughs> the imagery here, and, and, and I did this with a youth group once. One time I took a youth group, and, and what we did was we, um, we set up all these, we took a room like this, and, and we set up chairs, and we blindfolded two kids and, and the, whole, the whole youth group, they all got blindfolded. And the idea was that if you didn't run into a chair, then, 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 then whoever the last one standing was, was going to be the winner. Because if you're blindfolded and you're walking around a room, eventually you're going to walk into a pitfall. Eventually you're going to hit something that's going to hurt you. Eventually something's going to happen. But then Jesus goes on and says, not only are you blind, you'll know, but you have, you're blinded by, by your own sins. And, 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 and then it gets to the point where it calls them a hypocrite. And you know what's funny about that is, as Christians, we're all hypocrites. Every single one of us is a walking hypocrite. You know, it's, it's why we're here. We we're here because we believe that the things that we're doing are wrong, and we know that Jesus can forgive us of them, so we come here and we confess them, and we say that we don't want to do them again, but we do do them again. What, what, we, what, what we really are is this. We acknowledge that we're hypocrites. 
But in this text, it's talking about the person who doesn't see that they're a hypocrite. It's the person who, who uh, has the plank in their eye. I love illustrations. I, I wish I knew how to have illustrated this better. But what I really wanted to do is I wanted to find a way to take a, a plank or a two-by-four and be able to strap it to someone's forehead during the service today. I, I wanted to strap it to where it, like, it kind of like went right out your face and strap it on your head. And, 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 and I want you to think about two by four. It's about this long and it's sticking out of your own eye. And, and, and that's the imagery we have of trying. And then imagine trying to walk up to somebody else and, and, and I was going to take a little piece of wood and I was going to put it on somebody else's eye. And like you would be trying to, to navigate, to take something out of someone else's. And, and, and you have this plank and you're going to be hitting other people with it as you are trying to help them. It wouldn't happen. And what Jesus is saying here is that, that you know what? You are not right to be the judge. You're not right. It's, it's, it's not what he's called you to do or to be. There is one who is able. There is one who has lived a righteous life. And we get to preach him and we get to teach him and we get to share him. And when we share who Jesus Christ is and when we share what Jesus Christ does for us, that removes the speck. That will remove the speck in your brother's eye. Sin is removed by the preaching of Jesus Christ. It is done through the sharing of who he is and what he has done for us. It's not through the, through the condemning, burdening words that we give towards people who we know. Sin is defeated by Jesus Christ and in him alone and through the work that he does on the cross alone. Amen? So don't let me see you on Facebook doing that anymore. I'm going to close with the law. Just kidding. <laughs> let us be people who have words of compassion. Let's be people who have words that, that, that give life. Let's be people who give words that care about other people and we want to see them move from living in their sin to living in, for, in forgiveness through the works of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for all that you do for us. This is probably one of those things where I do the most. I do it in humor I do it because I don't realize I do it. I do it and I'm wrong. And I just pray, Lord, that as I walk this earth, that I don't see people for their mistakes, but rather I see people as people who you love, that I see them as children of God, and that I see them as people who you want to have a relationship with. And may my words and my actions to them reflect that. Work that in each one of us and forgive us when we fall from that, Lord. Forgive us when, when we don't love people the way that you call us to love them. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Would you stand and sing once